Hey, what's up? It's Alex Morgan. And for me, the start of the new year is all about commitments, setting your intentions, restarting your routine, and committing to you from day one. Until March 31st, buy any Body Armor products at your local Walmart. And Body Armor will give you 50% cash back via a Walmart e-gift card put towards your fitness journey. Visit www.bacommittofit.com backslash WM for rules. Body Armor Light, the low-calorie, zero-sugar-added sports drink. author of Brave New Mind, Living in a Future Science World, Dr. Elliot Maynard is a futurist who believes his new master paradigm, which is future science technology, is the quantum field science for the future, a new operating system for the human race. And, you know, going through his book, I have to say, um, let's take that before we do any more with Windows. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. But Dr. Maynard is a neo-Renaissance scientist and conceptual designer, a lecturer, an author, and global ecologist whose background spans the fields of global ecology, coral reef ecology, oceanography, and tropical rainforest biology. Wow. That rocks. <laughs> we love that. He earned a Ph.D. in consciousness research. Now that rocks. And he served on the faculties of Adelphi University and Dowling College in New York. And Dr. Maynard is also the founder and president of Arco Cielos Foundation in Sedona, Arizona. And we're happy to have him here on Big Blend Radio on our Champagne Sunday show to talk about his book and talk about future science and what that means. Now, you can go to his website, arcocielos.com, and that's A-R-C-O. S-C-I-E-L-O-S dot com. Welcome to the show, Dr. Maynard. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, and uh, thank you for all your kind words. Well, we're excited to chat with you because it just seems when you go through your career and going through your book, it seems like there's nothing you don't touch of, of understanding this connectivity in the world whether it's, you know, with the ocean and understanding the ocean waves and how that connects to us here on land, it seems that you really embrace that we are connected with everything. Absolutely. We like that. Connectivity is good. So consciousness research is the first thing I want to ask you about because um, some of the interviews we've done in the past uh, a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists, um, they talk in the early training um, in the 50s, 60s, um, and even into the 70s that the word consciousness and that research was actually kind of hard to ha- make happen in, I don't know, would you call that linear science world? <laughs> what happens with that? But consciousness was something um, here in the Western world uh, was a hard thing to actually start researching and studying. Yes, and uh, and it's remarkable that uh, only three or four decades ago, as you mentioned earlier, it was not really considered correct to talk about things psychic, things nonlinear, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, whether it's it's hard science or, or consciousness research, in other words, meditation, all these things. And yet now uh, doctors talk about it. There's a neurosurgeon who's written a book about his his uh, afterlife experiences. He went flatlined, and his brain kind of turned to something like tapioca pudding. And uh, he went to the other side. He saw what was there. He came back and actually uh, is pretty much normal now. And I've actually met the man. 
He tried to tell his colleagues about it. They thought he was having delusions. Then he went to the church and the same got the same kind of reaction, whereas you'd think religion would be happy about this kind of thing, but the truth is not always. <laughs> mm-hmm. So all of these things are happening. It's very exciting times. I'm excited about it because we're hearing it more and more and more, uh, you know, definitely with authors and experts like you bringing it into light on, you know, doing shows and then writing books and and educating people about it. Um, But let's talk about what consciousness is because um, there may be people out there who still have not heard that word or really quite understand because even Nancy was talking about, okay, how are you always conscious? What is consciousness? So how would you describe it? Well, consciousness is... uh (laughs) <laughs> what Popeye used to say, I am what I am, but it's also, uh, I think, before I am, remember that, I think it was Descartes that mm-hmm. made that uh, statement. And there's something special about being conscious. You mentioned this. Uh, I believe the great artists uh, like Leonardo da Vinci, scientists like Einstein, I've met many leaders and, and brilliant surgeons and others who actually, when I got to know them, they told me how they used their intuitive senses. These are intuitive senses until only uh, maybe three, four hundred years ago were a main reason for our survival because we were being chased by saber-toothed tigers millions of years ago, all of this, and now these uh, these senses, which were so valuable, have been put in the closet, so to speak. And we need to just celebrate them. We need, I figure now, what we need is not not just a revolution, which always leads to bloodshed and violence, and then another, uh, another mm-hmm. government structure takes its place. No, I like to use the term re-evolution. And I think, mm. I feel deeply that that's what America and the world are going through right now. And it's getting mm-hmm. a lot of resistance just because people are, afraid of change. I, I agree with you on that, and That's I think, for sure. you know, whether we look at what's going I mean, because we can look at what's going on politically in our country, but it's not just political. Um, it, it really is, I think, it's whatever we want to call it, you look at, we also have it happening with governments around the world. This isn't just our country going through this change, but what I think it is also almost getting people to Think about what they care about. Do they believe in climate change? Do they care about the environment? Do they understand that connectivity? So I think it's an exciting time. It's a scary time, but it's also exciting because while we see a lot of people who don't believe that or maybe don't want to and don't want to have to have any effort in that direction, you're seeing people really start to learn things and want to learn and step up into the light and connect and communicate. Well, in America, we're uh, experiencing still a hangover from the Woodstock generation. And we've (laughs) essentially now got grandparents who are part of that generation. So you have three dysfunctional, (laughs) their their sons and daughters and their grandkids are all reflective of that kind of uh, perspective. And I think when you really get down to it, uh, the time is now for people in America and the world to grow up, to wake up and to take some responsibility. You know, Mm. we've kind of lived in a bit of a a la-la land for quite a while here in America. 
And actually, I'm old enough to remember when I was a kid that, and growing up in the Maine coast, we had, uh, you know, we had submarines and off the coast. We had mines floating uh, ashore. We had blimps uh, patrolling the skies, and you could hear the guns go off, you know, practicing in the distance. And, and you, these kinds of things bring the country together. But most Americans now don't have this experience. They've been too too coddled and perhaps provincial in a, in a strange kind of way. In other words, they don't want to be removed from their comfort zone. Yeah. Well, you know, and there's, there's, I think there's two sides to that. There's the denial factor, like something seems <laughs> too overwhelming, so I'm just not going to think about it. And you can get away with that here. You really can. Yes. Now, we Very lived in good Africa point. for a while. Yeah, and we Very lived in Africa point. for a Thank you. But we lived in Africa for a while, and the reality was more real there. Because oh, you better you, believe it. I've been to Ghana and uh, yeah. Afragana and Nigeria, Lagos, and when you go there, all you can see are, for miles, uh, tin shacks, cardboard shacks, people yeah. sitting near the edge of the road, a mass of, uh, as Tom Hartman, the ecologist, put a mass of human flesh, and you know... Uh, We've got to also, at some point, consider the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about, and I call it intelligent population management. And this will free a lot of women, in, uh, especially in third world countries, so they can be, come into the workforce, learn skills, and help balance out the testosterone that's, that's causing all this trouble and uh, chaos in certain parts of the world. It, it, yeah, we do have to. We we have names for it, but we won't do that. <laughs> yeah. We'll behave. But I think it it is interesting where you look at. We have to look at the reality. We have to look at how people are treating other people, and it goes into talking about the science part of things. I want to touch on that because this backwards thinking of not moving forward, like looking at suddenly our country now going into, okay, let's go back into mining coal. Like, why? Why do we need to do that? I understand we need some production of it, some you know, oil too, because, hey, we need to have plastic apparently. Um, so that some of these things we, 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 we kind of could have had a balance, but now it's like we're going to revert back into this backwards thing where we have the sun. We have the sun to use. And we can work with that. And then when we think about places like Africa and, and the tin shacks and um, how people are living out there, if we could do the right thing, we could be putting solar into those places. And it is happening. And I sometimes feel like Africa is now ahead ahead compared to us at times because people are living with solar and cell phones in, in a shack and having communication and starting businesses. There, There is some positive stuff happening out there. But over here, I feel like, how did we step backwards? So as human beings, where do we go from now? How do we start saying no to coal and, and things that aren't necessarily good? We don't want, you know, mountaintops being removed anymore and, and things like that. Well, I, I, I'm a deep ecologist. I have a great love for Earth. And uh, I wrote uh, another book called 12 Futuristic Strategies for Transforming the Global Biosphere. Transforming the Global Biosphere is the name of it. It's available on Amazon, and it tells, uh, it, it outlines 12 major problems we're facing as global citizens. And 
it also uh, puts forth the the idea that no one is separate from the planet. In other words, this is our spaceship, this is our home, mm-hmm. and we need to pay it forward. We need to do a little what I like to call environmental tithing, either in sweat equity mm-hmm. or money involvement, and if necessary, uh, all you can do is to do some meditation, prayer, uh, or putting light on these different organizations. I feel deeply that uh, the ecologists just need to sit back a little bit and listen. And what's what's happening already with the coal, um, I actually have um, sent a book, one a copy of my book to the White House, which shows uh, how you can create a barrel of oil from coal. Uh, This is a concept that's been around for something like 70 years. It just was pushed aside by the various uh, big players at that time. And I write about this. uh, It's possible. And also, because the price of oil is now lower, the fracking is uh, starting to Mm -hmm. not be a good investment up in Canada. So this environmental um, blight of fracking, which the real uh, problem is not so much taking the oil but causing the earthquakes. It's pretty evident in Oklahoma. Also, it's it's polluting water. The water used to transport the powdered coal was a major problem because it was taking the uh, from the Hopi Reservation, from the Black Mesa Coal Company. Yep. It was using mm-hmm. water to pump the powdered coal all the way to Utah, and I don't mm-hmm. know what happened to it after that. <laughs> well, we've actually done um, radio shows about what was happening in uh, the Four Corners on the Navajo Generating Station, mm-hmm. which they finally they had to clean their, their way of working. They had different regulations, and who knows what's going to happen now with the EPA um, changes. But they did eventually get them to there for 20 years. They had 20 years to fix it, and eventually those lawsuits were won. Um, but there were, I mean, the pollution, I know the fracking side of things is, is horrific. We've, I mean, outside of Teddy Roosevelt National Park, I mean, here we are, Teddy Roosevelt, outside mm. his park they're fracking, and, you know, visitors go there, go camping, and you can watch all these flare-ups. And there is medical evidence that this isn't good for our health, they're, just like the coal, what was happening over at the Navajo Generating Station, uh, in Native Americans, uh, the, the Navajo and the Hopi, there's cases of them having cancer. And it's, we can look at all kinds of communities across this country having this. So if you're saying, like, the ecology sit back a little bit, what can we do um, as individuals and, and through what you're talking about, through future science technology, what can we do, do you think, especially if we have a government that really doesn't seem to <laughs> Um, care right now about the environment. That's kind of the, the, what it looks like to me. Um, but I, I could be wrong. Who knows? But it seems that the almighty dollar is winning out versus um, health of everything. For the time, for the time being. But you also, we also have to realize. I've uh, worked with Indian tribes in and South Florida, the Seminoles, mm-hmm. the Miccosukees. I worked on the Hopi Reservation for the Hopi tribe. I was one of two white people up there hired by the Hopi tribe. I worked in Canada with a couple of different Indian chiefs up there. And uh, in Canada, the, the First Nation people, as they call them, have a lot of money, and they're this this one chief had sent his daughter to Switzerland uh, to a finishing school, and there's all kinds of 
strange and wonderful uh, financial deals going on. So you've got to look at both sides of things, okay? And mm-hmm. then you have to take the hel- helicopter viewpoint, we used to call it, where you come up away from any of the drama and look at what is actually occurring and who's mm. trying to play against whom, uh, who's making the messes. And so there are two sides to every story. And I think, you know, a lot of good things are happening, as you you mentioned. Back mm-hmm. to Africa, yes. I have a picture of a uh, a Zulu warrior all dressed up with his war paint and everything, and he's talking on a cell phone. That is what I call quantum leapfrogging, because, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, they've uh, they don't need those phone lines anymore down in Africa. They're using cell phones, and they're really good at it. <laughs> It's it's interesting. You know, I I wonder um, if you know if part of our problem in moving forward and making big changes, especially when we're looking at protecting the environment, is the fact that um, there's some part of us that will not does not want to admit that we caused problems. I mean, oh, you know, there I mean, you get a very. That's a very good point, and yes, it is. And if you want to take care of this, if you feel guilty about it, and you know, I think back about you know the times when we used paper products and and never gave mm-hmm. a thought about it. But I lived in uh, in Maine and 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 at various times up in the woods where we had lots of trees, and we always learned to be conservationists in the in the oldest sense of of respecting the woods and the flowers and loving them and sharing them with neighbors, the wildflowers and, uh, you know, honey and rhubarb and these things Mm -hmm. that come from the earth. So when you do that, you're celebrating the earth. And if people really want to help, you know, uh, there's a concept called invincible defense technology. I've written about this in the book and what it really means. It's a, it's a fancy word, uh, but it means that when you get to the roots of any problem and you go deep enough, you can actually, through prayer, meditation, focused meditation, mm-hmm. uh, and other techniques, you can remove the source of conflict. And he's this man, Dr. John Hagelin, who is a physicist and head of uh, Maharishi Business School in the Midwest, uh, he uses consciousness technology. He has proved that mm-hmm. this can be effective with uh, patients recovering from surgery, uh, and, and it's, he's proven it in a linear method. So there you go. If you can't do anything else, just put a little light every day on the administration, on the American people, and especially on the environment. Every day I give thanks to all living things, great and small, just to start the day. And I think that's that's a huge part of it because, you know, when we have our moments, we, you know, we're always in, in production. We're like a, we're like rats going crazy with what we do, but we have our our nature fix. It, it, it's and you know, I you know to me it, it it is everything. And when you sit outside and and I we, everyone knows Nancy and I like to sit and hang out with hummingbirds. And yesterday one decided oh, yeah. to. Pinkle on me, which I thought, that's wow, that's, really that was fabulous. really cool. I felt really a blessed. Privilege. <laughs> but but there's this thing where, and I think from Nancy and I living in in Africa, Nancy studying um, wildlife. She worked with Joy Adamson, uh, tracking wildlife and and studying them mm. on the, in Kenya. And and Joy Adamson, and this is what I find very interesting, 
about your book. And uh, everybody, uh, again, you've you got to go get this on Amazon everywhere, uh, Brave New Mind, Living in a Future Science World. I think what was so interesting as a child being raised you know, by a mother out in the bush and living in the bush for a while and <laughs> living with Joy Adamson and understanding she fought against the scientists in a way where, Nancy, you can, you can explain this better than me, that, but she really through observation and connect, there's a connectivity you can have with nature if you just apply and receive. What, and she got that, and, and scientists battled her all the time. Well, because, okay, her main thing was um, because she was living in Africa on a, you know, for many years, and she observed the wildlife, she did attempt to rehabilitate several big cats back into the wild, which means you have to know something and you learn a lot. And her findings that were personal, she was there, she wrote them down, never agreed with some of the what she used to call armchair scientists who would make you know, assumptions and not even go to Africa. And if they did go to Africa, you know, they would it's like Africa's all the same all over, which it definitely is not. It's like someone in California on the on the coast telling somebody on the east coast Everything's the same because it's the word coast. That's what her argument was. We found watching and tracking different animals that the patterns that we saw in some of the best books were we disagreed. Yeah, and and so and it was our own observations that we saw over and over and over again. We knew that that animals migrate with the weather, not on the dates. You know, birds don't wake up and go. It's March first. Let's fly. They go by weather patterns, you know, and, and they're in tune with nature, and they go by when, you know, it's amazing. Animals migrate, and up, up pops the grass. Well, they don't migrate early unless they know the grass is going to pop up early, and they know that by the weather. How do they know? Just a gut feeling, whatever you, instinct, whatever you want to call it. You know, I refuse to, I refuse to think that they do not have a brain that thinks, and I refuse to believe they can't evolve. Yeah, and that's where she had a disagreement with the scientists, and I'm right there with her on that. There are other places with her that I don't agree with, but um, I think that the studies are haven't been done as much as people might think. Mm-hmm. So, well, I've learned I've learned some of my uh, my dad was a was a great nature enthusiast, and uh, I've I've worked and and with the Hopis and other indigenous people mm-hmm. went down into the darkest parts of Africa and I've seen I've learned so much from mm. the people that sit and watch animals and I this is mm-hmm. one of the one of the things I love is animal behavior. I sit out with the hummingbirds every morning and I yeah. travel to Maine in the summer and spend the time there with the flowers and watching mm. we have eagles and and uh, cormorants oh. and all kinds of interesting birds there. And they're a lot of company. And, you know, it's calming for the spirit. Everyone has something called a uh, an ecological uh, foundation where their first memories as a child of the environment are very different from their grandparents, for instance. Now, I like to illustrate this when people ask. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only. 
right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Ask about, well, global climate change has definitely occurred because if you look at photographs taken of uh, the highest mountains in Africa and the United States, the, the national parks, you will see much larger areas covered by glaciers than they are now, a hundred years later, yeah. perhaps. And that's, you can't quantify, we can quantify it by, by saying how much, what proportion of the glacier has disappeared. And another thing, uh, I actually uh, found a photograph of Key West Fishing Hall, you know, sports fishermen, where a family uh-huh. went down to Key West to the to the same uh, fishing area. And in 1960, there were several large groupers, maybe 60, 80 pounds. There were maybe eight or ten of them hanging there in back of the family, along with other fish. And in in a today's picture, there was. About there were about two or three groupers, and they probably, I would guess, weighed anywhere from 20 to 30 pounds. And uh, in days past, mm-hmm. I have been diving under the Florida Keys and seen some of the groupers mm-hmm. there, the six and seven hundred pounds, just hanging out at low tide, slack tide. You know, it's it's really true. I mean, I have photos, um, slides from 30 years ago Mount where, Kilimanjaro. you know, that where you can obviously, you look at, a, like, the plains, and there's, like, 20 different animal species all roaming around together. Now, when you get a photo from the same place, you're lucky if you have two different species. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, there you go. That's a perfect example. And how can you yeah. dispute that? Yes. <laughs> that, well, well, people, you know, they'll say, okay, we get it, but they don't want to say we caused it. That's the thing I see, is, and I know lots of our friends, there's a lot of them, they're like, yeah, okay, we know global warming's happening. We, we agree. We know the glaciers are melting. We know these things are happening, but we don't think it's our fault. That's, so therefore we don't have to do and, anything well, to mitigate. Well, therefore you can't do anything if it's not your fault. So, no, you know, uh, you know? Yeah, I like to look at it a little different way in, in that, okay, we have now gotten to the point uh, in our own individual evolution where we can see these things differently than many years ago. And so we need to, we need to kind of take the power of that yeah. maturity and realize there's a little part in the Bible uh, about when I was a child, I spake as a child, and when I ceased to be a child, I threw away childish things. And when I would really get down or get, you know, put in a corner or something for doing something in school, I would think about that because I did go to Sunday school and I learned a little bit while I was there. So, yes, uh, I think maturity is something, it's a dirty word uh, because I used to get called, you know, asked 
my teachers would say something about that. He's immature or something. But many of us are late bloomers. <laughs> I think the, the good thing about it is when you get there, I guess it's it makes it really worth it because you've gone through some pretty rough times and over some pretty rough roads to get there. Well, that that part, that goes with exactly what's, to me, why we have to stay in communication and keep our arms open to all sides. You know, it gets so easy. Everybody gets into this polarizing effect of, I'm a Democrat, I'm a this, I'm a Republican. Oh, I'm yeah, I've never and, liked and, those and, labels. You know, I, no. I've yeah. always been really uh, not like left-right you know, are are the conservatives and the and you know the liberals and the even the Democrats and the Republicans. I've never really wanted to do that. I think it was a comfort zone in being part of a group consciousness, and people tend to be lemming-like oh. uh, because it's easy to slough yeah. off your responsibility. It takes a warrior to do this, and it takes courage, and it also takes you know, if you want to fly with the eagles, don't hang out with the turkeys. You you find like-minded folks, the cultural creatives who sit quietly and they want to do something, and just being around people like that. Um, I have found for myself that doing good or giving back to the environment, this little environmental tithing idea, uh, it's addictive. And I think that humans mm-hmm. are naturally addicted to certain things like hunter-gathering. You know, it worked for them in the in the distant past now we've become we've gone from hunter gatherers to to hunter gatherer hoarders if you can see the if you Gluttoners. look at the people who've got two car garages their cars are parked outside in the garage is one solid wall of drap right <laughs> i wonder about the symbols of the political parties you know, so you have a donkey. Thanks very much. I don't want to follow you. And then you've got I the elephant, donkeys. the elephant in the room. What? You know, I mean, like the symbols. Why? I, I why, think why? I think that a cartoonist did it originally, and then it's, they didn't quite get it. I don't but, know. But, but it's really I, funny. I want, I want to go back to this education side <laughs> of things because you know it's true. In life, we get frustrated with different ideals or people because they're not on the same wagon as you and, and you're right i've had to that it's like it's the only way for me to have patience is to remember everybody's at a different level and and there's times when i'm completely stubborn and i'm good at being stubborn and someone is going you, you know you're being stubborn nancy does a good job of that um <laughs> or you know you're not quite there you haven't you haven't learned that lesson yet but you have other lessons so it's we all have different lessons to learn at different times, and I think that's you know it's never too late to learn. And I look at what happens in Africa, and you know going back to you know here's here's you know people that are poor living in tin shacks, and quite frankly they they actually enjoy their huts. Quite frankly, a lot of times they from do. People that they I know. do. And you see yeah. the smiling but they, but they, faces there uh, when you go they're there. They're resilient. And, and you stick your head into a school, and it's just cinder blocks, and oh, the, yeah. it hopefully may have a couple of windows in it. And those children are in there, and if the teacher steps up, they mm-hmm. they're all they got their hands raised, and they have shiny little faces and smiles. Yep. My God, what a mm-hmm. contrast to a, mm-hmm. a, a typical uh, urban school situation, right? But you know, it's but, true. But, you know, they value education so much more. They live in the present moment 
you know, and I think that is part of survival, but it also gives you joy, and, and it does give you that that um, looking for the happiness and everything because you, you could be here for one day. You could be here, you know, and, and then we go to another place or not. Who knows? We Nancy and I believe that we're all we're, – that this is just a – I don't know, there's dirt, you know, but then there's other things. I don't believe we ever really fully die. I don't think we're, you know, but maybe we do. I don't know, but I don't think so. I don't think we're dying. Like when I said at the beginning of the show, like when you're creating things, you, you've you left an energy. It's part of energy, and I don't believe we die. Like I, 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 it's a very hard thing, and then sometimes I think, oh, you know, that's an easier way to think of it. We're we're just dust. And then if you really believe that, then you really better go out and have a good time. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it's interesting when you think about living on a day-to-day present moment. And I feel like when you live that way, that you're actually more connected universally to all entities, not necessarily in the present moment. Did that even make sense? <laughs> wow. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And... Um... And uh, the, I have found fairly recently that there have been buried in the literature, it was never intended to be a barrier. I call removing the death barrier because I, my previous wife, uh, she passed away very suddenly. I actually, uh, she had open heart surgery and I had to shut her machines down and she would have done that for me. Now, to me, I just refused to lose communication with her. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've made a, a study of it. There's a chapter in the book. And think of what a different world it would be if children from their earliest memories, uh, I remember I used to say prayers and, and ask God not to let my grandmother and grandmother die and all this stuff. And I think now how different it would have been to say, oh, they just graduated. No more aches and pains, mm-hmm. no more hassles, no more uh, this medicine and all this stuff, and now they're on to a new start. They just leveled up in the mm-hmm. video game, right? And so yeah, this there, way there's, there's, you can talk to them. You can resolve. You can say things that you yeah. wanted to, you wish to say, bef- that you, you know, this is a, a, a typical reaction of people, oh, my God, I never told them I loved them in the way. Mm-hmm. But you can do this. And it it just releases all of that and gives people a whole different outlook. And there's special, specially trained and credentialed people who can help you with after-death communication with your loved ones so you can uh, ultimately learn to do this yourself. It's that simple. You know, I think it's all in the literature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's there. If, if people really embrace the idea that when you pass on, you will come back, right? If you knew you uh, were coming back, then you would take care of the environment. I think, you know... Um, <laughs> That's a great, <laughs> That's a great uh, injection you know, into the, into the uh, reincarnation. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, then you take care of the things. No, not, you know, I know I've read that if you're a human, if you, when you reincarnate, you will be a human. You're not going to come back as an insect, you know, but whatever. I don't know. Um, and for some reason, if you do come back, you're not going to remember all of your previous life, but you may have some deja vu moments, you know. But, or you might have an affinity for certain insects because you used to be one, you know, that kind Yay. of thing. <laughs> but wouldn't it be cool if everybody just really believed that they're going to come back? So it's like if you're going to live in your room forever, clean it. 
you know? It's, I, d- I don't so, believe we're coming back. I believe that's that such a simple concept, and and I hear the I don't believe we're coming back echo, and what you're saying yes. uh, from my experience, and I've made quite a lot of studies of this and talked to a lot of people and special and people who specialize in this. The uh, wheel of karma incarnation. Uh, 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. has pretty much been set uh, in the Buddhist uh, religion. and. Mm-hmm. It's not always that way now because we have, uh, let's say, the vibrational energy of humans has risen. This is this is commonplace. Many people agree on this. This is why we're experiencing the turmoil in the day-to-day situation, because out of the chaos and conflict comes the phoenix rising out and coherence. Once people get over their little hissy fits uh, because they're upset with change, <laughs> their rational mind will start to kick in, hopefully. Uh, a certain number mm-hmm. will keep going down uh, playing <laughs> the ba- with the mm-hmm. band while the ship slips under the waves. But that's that's mm-hmm. always been that way. And the rest yeah. of them will go ahead. And the people that are brave enough to move ahead just need to stick together and uh, – People ask me what I can do for the environment or or just for myself and the environment. I tell them, do a good turn every day for someone, mm-hmm. Boy Scout. Make a place a little nicer than you found it. And try mm-hmm. to create win-win situations. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh, President Trump has been talking about this. Now, if you go into the quantum uh, era, which is, which is nonlinear, and I... I right. make a comparison to a reel-to-reel tape deck. If you want to go to a certain part on that, a certain scene or a song, if it's music, you reel it back and forth. It's time, forward, backward, future, mm. past. With a CD, a compact disc, the laser goes to immediately to the point of information mm-hmm. you need to bring back from that disc. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. nonlinear and we have access to this quantum information field. People call it the zone in athletics and basketball mm. and football. And mm-hmm. if you're doing needlepoint, mm-hmm. if you're if you're sitting home with your with your baby, or if you're under your car working on it, you will go into that state very often. And the key here mm-hmm. is being conscious when it happens. That is the next step. It's simple. Anyone can do it. And I've seen. It's cool. Uh, Yes, and, and miracles will happen all over the place that you've never expected. I, I think it's I, I think it's it, the consciousness part of it to me is is so fascinating because it even in a meditational state you you know because I do trip out into places and that's where I don't believe we come back like as in oh you're going to go in different levels you're going to be a cockroach now and all that because <laughs> I believe that we are living multiple places i can't i it's hard to explain but it's like you have a soul and it's in different there is no real time like i don't believe in that i don't i can't quite explain it because it's kind of trippy in my own mind but i believe that 
there is a connectivity in different places and different eras, and I don't think everything gets lost. Like, you know, you can hit delete on your computer, and you can't really just because time has, as we say, gone by, doesn't mean that it's not still alive because of energy. So because, I, I mean, when we talk about uh, speaking with our loved ones who have passed on to the next level or next place, that means that they're still thriving, and so there's still something from the past and the present. So does that make sense that we're in it now and we're connecting with it? And in meditation, you can go places and you can do visualizations and, and actually tell yourself where to go. And co-create your meditation and co-create. And then the next thing you know, what you co-created in that meditation or visualization comes true. So I think, does does that make sense? That's why we need people like you on the show to help me make sense of this. Yes, absolutely. And and, uh, from from my own uh, research and and my experiences with my wife who passed over and and, uh, uh, pets who have passed over, uh, I have learned that uh, in in the reincarnation situation, it's possible to go into the higher realms without reincarnating after a certain point. I know this because the communications I've uh, received from uh, you know my wife that passed over will mm-hmm. are from places that are uh, filled with light, and uh, she's helping me. She brought me another. Uh, partner and my present wife and and i mean this is icing on the cake to me and and i i learned i used to keep everything private but i've learned that if i can help one person get through processing grief and and dissolving that barrier and there's lots of good literature out there to reinforce that point and you, you don't need to reincarnate i i think uh i don't think it goes backwards very often but i'll tell you what Hell, to me, is something that was created by the religions, and if mm-hmm. there is a hell, we're living in it right now, and nobody wants to think about that. I want it's out. not I don't want easy. It. I don't, but I think, oh, well, that's because it no. was ruling by fear. It's control. You know? Yes. It's fear and control. Perfect. It's part of Perfect. our evolution. Yeah. You know, if one could think in the future that people would be so caring about each other and so intelligent that we won't need to have law and order and hell and heaven, incentives or um, control by other people well, uh, to the keep the higher the vibration, mind. The higher the vibrational level, and this is not just my opinion, but many, many uh, psychically uh, intuitive individuals have said that the vibrational energy has risen tremendously. Now, I'll give you a nice, interesting mm-hmm. example. I uh, looked into channeling as a resource to obtain information mm-hmm. that could be uh, could save millions of dollars, uh, mm-hmm. years of time, and you could get answers that you could get nowhere else. Now, I went to a uh, channeling by a man named uh, Daryl Anka, who channels an entity called Bashar, who is very Shakespearean. A lot of these these channeled entities have quite sense of humor, and. Uh, he brought out something interesting. He said, if I took a person from this room, if we took one person from this workshop and put them back 100 years and dropped them in some, I don't know, a bar or a restaurant or a, a town square, they would appear to be glowing. Their 
energy is so much has has changed so much and gotten so much mm. higher in that hundred years. I thought that was complete, oh. very interesting. So it's oh. like we're a little fireball well, moving I, forward in I our wanted, own energy I circle. I want to go to. I want to be dropped in a bar glowing a hundred yeah. years from now. How yeah, much maybe that's that what fireflies are really like. <laughs> fireflies are like glowing. Hey, you know, hey what a story! So what a storyline <laughs> for a book. There you go. Yeah. Wouldn't it be like, oh, and then you just got dropped Oh, I love it. That could be a whole TV series, you know. I love it. Dr. Maynard, we have to ask, we have so much to talk about with you, so you have to come back, please. (laughs) I'd love to have you come on a panel when we talk about uh, a lot of our environmental issues, but we do have to ask you the important question of the day is, what is your champagne toast? Oh, I would like to toast to the... The cultural creatives who are folks who are talented and they're addicted to uh, they're change masters. They're not afraid of change. Mm. They're leading change. They're uh, not conventional futurists, which simply uh, extrapolate into the future. These real futurists create the future. They live their dream. They walk their talk. And by just doing that or trying to do it, each of us can provide a very, very solid foundation. And what happens is an entrainment uh, kind of uh, phenomenon. If you set a solid foundation of confidence and and hope and positive energy and li- learning to listen to other people, you are change master. And uh, I toast to all the wonderful change masters out there in the world. Cool. And that goes with the title of your book, Brave New Mind, right? If you just that to me is like if you take a spoonful of change a day, you know, it's it's a wonderful thing. It's pretty darn exciting. Like if you want some excitement in your life, just do something different every single day. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes for changes that you really need to make, it's not as scary, you know. Well, you'll be change is not a monster if you you'll know how get to handle there. it. Yeah, you know, and some there's some nasty ones, but sometimes you know things come back around nicely. So, Dr. Maynard, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. The book is Brave New Mind: Living in a Future Science World. Amazon, all those great places. You can also go to Dr. Maynard's website, arcocielos.com. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, uh, arcocielos. Yes, that's good. And that's your foundation up in Sedona. Uh, you want to give mm-hmm. everybody a quick overview of what, what that's about? Yes. Uh, the reason uh, it's named that is when we, when, uh, we came here uh, nearly 40 years ago to Sedona, um, we saw a triple rainbow over um, one of the major mm. rock formations. And that connotated uh, not only the, the colors of the rainbow, uh, but also bridges in understanding, bridges between intuitive medicine and the best of our, our conventional medicine, uh, ancient modern technology, traditional education, and this new modern educational system, etc. So bridges and, again, uh, between different scientists, bringing science and technology and shamanism. We call it techno-shamanism altogether. Ooh, and I like a wow. techno. It's like techno light. It's like That's interesting. Yeah, it's like bridges and portals. Mm. I don't know. I've got like album names flying through my head now. <laughs> Maybe it's the champagne, but I, I like that triple rainbows and and Sedona, mm. beautiful, beautiful place. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. Arcocielos.com. That's S C I E L 
S E I E L O S. Let me get that right. Arcosielos.com in the book. Yeah. C I E L O S. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, we got it. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. You take care. I will. Bye bye. Bye. of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.